Hello again. Well, I missed out last week. Um, different things got in the way. Very busy, one or two problems, including a family illness. But things seem to be picking up now. We're, everybody's back on the mend and things are going well. Spent a bit more time in Monty this last week than I have done in previous few weeks. And he is now becoming a pleasure to walk. He was always a problem before on the lead. The house, the caravan, anywhere we, we did anything with him. In the car, he was a joy to be with. We put a lead on him and take him out for a walk. He struggled and he pulled. And he just wanted to go his own way, really pulling hard. But the last few days he settled down and he's slowly now becoming a joy to walk with and enjoy the time with when we're out and about. I hope he continues to go that way. I'm looking forward to it then. We've just got to get his recall sorted and I think we've got a lovely dog. Well, it's been a busy week this week, but I've managed to fit you in. The quiz season is in full swing, so I'm out on a Wednesday and a Thursday night. Wednesday night, we're, we're fairly average. We're not doing too badly. Although we got knocked out of the cup last Wednesday, we were the highest scoring losers. And because there's odd numbers of teams in, we should get through as the highest scoring losers into the next round. Thursday night we have a a league and a beer league at the end of the main quiz we have a set of 12 questions and the highest scoring team heads the league each week you score so many points in the beer league or so many an questions answered correctly in the beer league those are all added together over the season and the league is made up like that. We're unbeaten in the main league and we're top of the beer league with the highest scores. So we're doing well on a Thursday, really pleased with that. And then of course the season has started for Christmas. So yesterday I was up at the canal for about seven to eight hours doing the Santa trips. I enjoy those, having a bit of fun with the kids and watching them enjoy themselves as they go around, meeting Santa. Now normally we'd have Santa sitting in the bow of the boat and as we go along the canal the children go and meet him, get a present and have a chat with him. But this year, because of the COVID restrictions and we weren't sure what was going to happen, the decision was made by the Trust that Santa would be in a grotto at the side of the canal rather than being on the boat with the children so we could give a bit more room and space on the boat. Well, it seemed to be working well. It's a bit of a, bit of a chore for the volunteers that we have to turn up even earlier in the morning 
to erect the gazebo every day. We can't leave it up on its own for security reasons. So we, we erect the gazebo in the morning and get everything ready for the first boat trip at 10 o'clock. We then do eight trips of about 40 to 45 minutes each. Children come in, they meet Santa, they get their gift and then they get onto the boat and we do a 40 to 45 minute cruise up and down the canal with them. Everybody seemed to be enjoying themselves, it all went well and apparently all the trips are now sold out right up until the 23rd of December. So in all that's the weekends and two extra days. So that's uh, eight days worth of trips, eight, eight, sixty-four, that's sixty-four trips over the course of the Santa trip season. Of course the downside then is, of course, at the end of the day, after seven hours worth of trips and looking after everything, we have to take the gazebo down and pack it away for the night. It was quite funny actually, we dismantled it all and laid it all out on the side of the canal next to the visitor centre and then when we'd finished with the boat for the day we loaded everything onto the boat and locked it away in the boat then took the boat up to its moorings and stored that for the night. Makes a lot longer day out of it but it's enjoyable and it has its rewards. I didn't do that much actually on the boat this time. I was, I did a, I did a couple of the trips out of the eight. The rest of the time I was helping work the locks and doing stuff on the on the lock side to keep everything running smoothly. Get the lock ready for the boat to come into, helping it through, and then getting it ready for the boat to come back and come through again. It's organised so that the the lock is the terminus, start and terminus of the trips. Because the visitors and passengers report in to the visitor centre where they're ticked off against the list of bookings and then we bring the boat into the lock, fill the lock up to the top and then the step from the bank onto the boat is the smallest and easiest and safest way of getting people onto the boat and then we do the trip we go up the canal on the higher level turn round come back into the lock drop down to the lower level cruise along the canal to the appropriate turning point come back into the lock fill it up again so that passengers can get off. Then we wipe all the boat down, sanitize all the seats and all the handrails, give the floor a sweep, and then we put the next set of passengers on and repeat the routine. It was quite cold yesterday. Bit of, bit of rain, not too much bit of breeze 
Coming onto some of the bridges, it made a bit of a wind tunnel has made controlling the boat more difficult. But apparently it wasn't as bad as it was on Saturday. Saturday was a stronger wind and a lot more heavy rain. Which isn't too bad if you're doing certain parts of the job, but if you're the person on the tiller and it's raining, there's nowhere to hide. There's no cover on the back of the boat while you're working the tiller. You stood there on your own, controlling the boat. It's not pleasant. If I was on a, a holiday cruise, I'd shelter from the rain and moor up. But you can't do that when you're booked out for paying public to get on and off the boat. Two or three times when I've hired a boat, we've, we've settled in and moored up while the, the storm, or the heav certainly the heavier storms, passed by. But as I say, when you've got paying passengers, you've got to carry on with what you've promised them you're going to do. That's the other side of the coin that's a shame. Instead of having the front of the boat open and how we would do during the summer and have passengers in the front of the bow sitting in the open, we can't do that. We've got the cratch covers on and everything's there. But that was yesterday. That was me. the first of me Santa boating trips. I've got some more days booked as I'll spend up there. Don't do them all. We've got a lot of volunteers this year from somewhere. Previous years we needed a crew of four on the boat or or four people attending the boat, should I say. And we've just had the four, but yesterday there were about eight of us and we, we shared it out equally amongst what we were doing. Hence I only had two trips. But we all enjoyed it. We're all there because we enjoy what we're doing. We want to volunteer there and provide a service on the canal. Now I've got my skipper's ticket and I'm allowed to be in charge of the boat and go and take it off the moorings and prepare it and advise the crew on what I want them to do because I'm running the boat. It's going to get interesting. But aside from that, we're into the Santa season. The next job is going to be sorting out Christmas cards, remembering the addresses and the list of who gets them, who I've got to make cards out to. The quiz legal finish next weekend. So their first priority to get cards done for them I can hand them out then when we all meet up. So I'll have to do postage and whatnot. We usually exchange cards on the last meeting, but this year the Derbyshire League and the Belper League are finishing a week or so earlier than they normally do. It's taken me by surprise. I've suddenly thought, oh, well, I've got to get them ready for next week. Then, of course, is the time-honoured thing of what do we get members of the family as Christmas gifts. We're scratching red over some. The grandchildren are getting older. It's not so easy to think of something to get them in terms of toys or things like that. They're beyond that now. They're two of them are no three of them are around about the eight or nine mark, but the others are into 
teenagers and a couple of them are even older. Oh, what do you do for them? <laughs> Ask the mother and the dad and they don't know either. They don't know what to get them, so that was a waste of space. We'll come up with something, we'll find something somewhere, see something in a, either on the internet or in a shop somewhere that'll think, oh, that'll just do for so-and-so. Happens every year. It's always a, a scratch in your head until about a fortnight to go and then you happen on something that you think, oh, this'll do. That'll be the thing for them. Saw my daughter last week. She'd uh, she got a, a puppy, same breed as ours, English Springer Spaniel. She'd had it for a few weeks now, but our Monty had never met him. So we decided we'd meet up, take Monty over to their house, because they've got a bigger garden where we can introduce them and let them run around freely and get to know each other. And the dogs got on brilliantly. Monty's always been a bit overwhelming with that. We took him to what they call puppy clubs. We went to two different ones run by two different sets of people. And we only had a couple of trips to each because to us, it wasn't the right thing to do with him. We just turned up and we were told to let the dog loose in this secure paddock where none of them could escape and just leave them to it and the dogs were fighting and chasing each other around they weren't socialising as such as I put it they were just rough and tumbling and some were getting quite aggressive and domineering so Monty's meeting with other dogs was always rough and tumble and bite and scrabble and we didn't want that we wanted them to get on so we, we introduced them slowly and they were brilliant. There was no rough and tumble, no scrabbling at each other. It was a straightforward little sniff and then walk around together or just ignore each other. There was no fighting, no trying to work out who was top dog. I was really, really pleased with it. And in the house, they both settled down and just lay there, didn't really bother with each other, but were friendly with each other. My daughter was delighted, she said her dog had never been so well behaved. He'd never lay down and lay at their feet or lay next to them, he was always bounding about. But because Monty was more laid back for a change, her pup was, and they got on ever so well. I was pleased as well, Monty showed her a sign of his character that I didn't think he'd got yet. I hope it continues. Well, I suppose the next thing along this season is to get the decorations out and work out what we're doing with the decorations. <laughs> That's going to be interesting because one of Monty's favourite spots where he goes and lies under the stairs is where we bring the electric cables through to light up the tree and the lights along the banister. How we will stop him getting tangled up with them or trying to pull things off the tree 
and other decorations that we have around the house remains to be seen. He may behave well with them, but the fact is there are certain things in the garden he likes to pull at and chew at. Makes me think it won't happen. I think he'll be into that sort of thing. I know my old dog, my boxers I had many years ago, he was at my then mother-in-law's and he was in the living room with us and he heard a noise that attracted him. He shot off and pulled the Christmas tree over. He got tangled in some of the wires with his back leg. I could see that happening. But we knew that was possible when we got him. So we, we will go along with it. It won't be his fault. Just a bit of training to teach him to leave things alone in the house and we'll be okay. It doesn't bother him much else. He's pretty good. takes me back though looking at some of the decorations we've got we start putting things up and I automatically as you do at this time of year get a bit of a nostalgia and think back to where I've come from and what I've done obviously my earlier Christmases were all spent at the farmhouse we always used to travel up on Christmas Eve and come back the day after Boxing Day and Spend Christmas Day, Boxing Day at the farmhouse. Times I really loved, they were magical. With it being a big farmhouse with several rooms, we could all go mad in our own little space. And we did have some great times. Always the present opening and all the rest of it. And then... My grandmother always had a tree and had certain lights on it that ran off a battery. And she so loved those lights and this battery that powered them because they hadn't got electric there, they'd only got gas lighting. It hadn't been, nobody had paid out the money to have it all connected because it was so far off the road. <laughs> Ironically, because about a mile and a half away was the biggest power station in Europe at Drayclough Power Station. But we had no electric. But we'd grown up with that. We didn't miss it. OK, at home we'd got electric. I know one year I was given an electric train set as a gift, but I couldn't put it together and use it until we got home. <laughs> it was interesting, that, because I put some of the track together and put it on a slope and let the trucks run down the slope just because I wanted to see the trucks moving the engine wouldn't of course it had got a got an, a motor inside it that needed power to turn the wheels you couldn't turn the wheels without the power so I could play with the trucks on the track but not the engine so I had to wait for a couple of three days before I could actually get the benefit of it but I didn't mind it was magical. I'd got what I wanted for Christmas. But I always remember this set of lights with the battery on. She liked them so much when they moved, were moved out and she had to go and live in a flat at Walton. She, for every Christmas she was still alive, she used those lights with the battery. <laughs> it 
fond memories of that, fond memories of the decorations as they had, sort of early 20th century type ones with different sorts of decoration. You don't see them nowadays. Funny little things that had got a cardboard head and shoulders and cardboard legs and then you opened it out and it was a sort of a concertina of coloured papers that formed its body, pinned them on the wall. I could see them now, I've never seen any like it since, but I can always remember those. We had traditional Christmases, we, we got to the farm and had some supper, we had Christmas Day, breakfast, presents, Christmas dinner, Christmas tea. The adults had different drinks and tried different drinks all round and thoroughly enjoyed the family atmosphere. Always jolly, always a lot of people there. And then later on at night, We'd all sit round the big table in the living room and play a card game. I think it's called Newmarket. I can't remember the rules now. I couldn't play it now if I tried, but it was always the tradition that we played Newmarket. And we'd played for hours. And then somebody would say, do you want supper? And we always, took, we always had what we call Granny's Suppers. It would be cold chicken left over from dinner and mashed potatoes left over from dinner which they then fried until they got a golden top to them. Serve that up with pickles, usually a form of Branston pickle, that sort of pickle and that was Granny's supper. I can see it and taste it now. I've tried to do it myself in later years and it never has quite the same taste. Then again, I always think that food doesn't have the same taste if you're the one that's cooked it. It always tastes better if somebody else cooks it and brings it to you. But that was Christmas Day. Boxing Day, we'd be up and I'd have some breakfast of some sort and a cup of tea and start reading the annuals that had been bought as a present. Beano annuals, dandy annuals, that sort of thing. And I should think half the time I'd sit there with my cup of tea, something had happened, and I'd spill some of the tea on my brand new annual. Oh, panic, panic, wipe it off quick. <laughs> it's a trait I got from my cousin, actually. When she was younger, you'd take her a cup of tea and you'd sit down and within a few seconds there'd be a cry of I've spilt it I don't know how she did it she didn't knock it over and make a complete mess but she dribbled it down a blouse or something yeah she was always known for that I've spilt it <laughs> funny how as I'm talking to you, different memories are, are coming back to me and how things were. 
walking down the farmyard at night with my granddad putting his dog into the kennel for the night. It was like a bit of a little old pigsty inside one of the outbuildings, but that was that was his kennel. I suppose really it was a kennel because they had working dogs on the farm originally. And my granddad had a dog that he took with him into the fields. It wasn't a fully working dog, but he was my granddad's pet and he went out into the fields with him. Then made my granddad come in at tea time or when it was getting dark or whenever he finished for the day. His dog would come and lie in front of the fire. And it was one of those things that if we were playing and running about, it'd be, don't, don't mind Bruce, don't stand on Bruce, don't upset him. So I sort of grew up with, not a fear of dogs, because we've got a dog of our own, but always this, stay well away from Bruce. And I, I began to think, well, Bruce must be a nasty dog then. And he wasn't. It was just that we were, as kids, warned to keep away from him. But I remember walking up the farmyard with my granddad and taking him into the outbuilding and into this dog kennel. He'd take his collar off and hang it on the wall of the kennel until the next morning and bed him in for the night, snug in his... He'd got a little yard he could be in and then into the, a kennel at the back that was got his bed in and where he lay at night. Then it would be a case of my cousin and I would go round the farmyard into the outbuildings and into the areas where we knew the hens had been and collect the eggs for the day. You don't hear of that now, but yeah, we'd we'd have a basket each and we'd go into the different bits of the cow sheds where there was hay and straw. And of course the hens were totally free range, they roamed where they wanted. And we'd collect up the different eggs for the day. Always hoping that you hadn't come across one as had been there a week or two as you'd not seen before. Yes, yeah, so many different memories come back to me. Seems strange now thinking back that usually now Elaine and myself we prefer a quiet Christmas Day. We go somewhere else on Boxing Day, usually my daughters, where there's a bit more life, but Christmas Day we tend to spend on our own. Started off with when we first met, we, we'd fallen out with parts of the family. We were both divorced and we'd a bit estranged from different parts of the family. We hadn't got, I was in a flat, she was in her house. And we sort of met up for Christmas day, just the two of us. And we liked it that much of having that day away from everything, particularly when we were working, that it became our tradition that Christmas day was ours. It was a bit strange at first considering the the Christmases I'd had most of my life, where we'd all met up at my granny's, even when she moved from the farm to the flat. They were all in the same block of flats and we all met up for Christmas. 
different parts of the family sleeping in different spare bedrooms in the various flats and houses that they got in the village. So yes, just being the two of us, it seemed a bit strange at first, but now we prefer it that way. We prefer the peace and quiet of Christmas. And then we enjoy Boxing Day and New Year's Eve seeing in the new year. I enjoy it greatly. Nothing can replace those days at the farm when I think the world record for us was 24 for Christmas dinner with different aunts and uncles and great aunts and uncles and goodness knows who else from the family cousins my brother and his wife and oh you name them but yeah thoroughly enjoyable I don't look forward to Christmas in the same way as I used to but it's still there it's still a time to be enjoyed still a time to enjoy your family anyway I've got a week to try and sort out what I can do next time I've rabbited on today with stuff that's come into my head I've been here talking to you probably no interest whatsoever but it's what's in my brain at the minute and I've got to get it out so I hope I haven't bored you too much we'll try again next week Ta-da for now.